Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Lombardi Line, presented as always by BetMGM. We're starting the week off right on a Monday. It's franchise tag deadline day. This big name free agent has a new home. Plus, some people are just more talented than others. We get it, Steph Curry. You're very, very good at all the things. Speaking of <laughs> talented, Michael Lombardi, our for, our former NFL GM, NFL executive, he's out there on the East Coast in Jersey. I'm Stormy Bonantoni at Circa Resort and Casino right. in Vegas. Michael, how was your weekend? How are you? I'm great, Stormy. My weekend was great. And yes, Steph Curry is multi-talented. <sighs> I mean, that eye-hand coordination that he has. How about Pat McAfee? How talented is Pat McAfee? I mean, the guy can kick the ball, he can throw it, and then he, you know, he, he plays golf. It's interesting to watch that tournament. You know, I love Lake Tahoe. Uh, love that area up there. And you got to give Steph credit. He's got that eye-hand coordination thing down to a science. It is crazy that, like, not only are you one of the best to ever do it in the sport that you have chosen to play for your career, but then you're also this good at something else and golf being one of the more challenging sports period to play. He gets a hole in one on national television, but then the most impressive thing is like when he does the behind the back shot that almost goes in, you're like, who is this guy? He can do it all, but it was fun. I think how many players, how many players do you want to get to the game early to watch him shoot before the game? I mean, think about that stormy. I mean, I watched the Will Chamberlain documentary, and he showed up a half hour before tip-off. I think he had something to eat, and then he went out on the court. Where this guy's out there shooting three-pointers from the stadium, from the rafters. Yep, he goes out there in the stands, chucking him up, doing the the -the over-the-head, behind-the-back stuff. Super, super fun. And, I mean, just in general, I like the American century because you get to see just all these different guys and athletes from different walks of life hockey players, tennis players, what have you. Um, and it is a fun event, so I enjoyed it. But we do actually, this offseason, Michael, have a lot of NFL news to get into over the next two hours, so we might as well jump right into it. One of the biggest name free agents of this offseason has found his new home, DeAndre Hopkins, calling 
Tennessee, his new place of residence, uh, agreeing reportedly to a two-year, $26 million guaranteed deal worth up to 32 with incentives. I know you and Femi talked a lot yesterday about the odds movement with the Chiefs gaining a little bit of steam. The Titans did remain the favorite. Hopkins, of course, also paid a visit to the New England Patriots a month ago. But now that you know it is official, it's Tennessee, what was your initial reaction yesterday? Well, I think to me, you know, we talked about it on the air and the betting market was moving to Kansas City. It seemed like maybe if Kansas City could put together a package off of Chris Jones's redo, which we think will get done sometime mm-hmm. soon, that would give them enough cash to be able to then go after Hopkins, which I still think they need Hopkins. Remember, they were interested in trading for Hopkins. The, it was financially too much. They were interested in signing Juju Smith-Schuster back, but that became too much. He was the second leading receiver on their team. So I think this was one of those where the Titans just blew everybody out of the water with their offer. Mm-hmm. I don't think this was close. I don't think the Titans were competing with anybody other than their depth chart, but I think they made a significant deal to kind of to make sure they secured him. And I heard Mike Vrabel say on the broadcast yesterday – uh, on the golf thing that he's known about this since yesterday, which would have been Saturday. So, yeah, I, I think when you have the most money and the most desperation, you usually end up with the player. Right, and New England being one of the potential suitors in this throughout the, the, the time that DeAndre Hopkins has been a free agent, I feel like you know Bill Belichick personally. He probably had a number in his mind, and if you're not going to meet that number, then okay, move on to the next thing. And to your point with desperation and cash – We know how much the Odell Beckham Jr. deal over with the Ravens probably skewed some things in the mind of DeAndre Hopkins, and now he gets a significant number. Yeah, I mean, he got 26 over two uh, reported. We'll see when it comes in. But you're right. I mean, New England was never going to get the 26 over two. When they did did, uh, uh, Parker's deal, Mm -hmm. Devontae Parker's deal, you know, that was a modest deal. I think it was 10. And – I still think that there could be a chance that they are involved with Dalvin Cook. They should be. I think Dalvin Cook would really make that Ramondo Stevenson, Dalvin Cook, that one-two punch in the backfield mm-hmm. really good. I think Pierre Strong's a good player. Is he ready to be that? No. You know, is Kevin Harris ready to be the backup? I don't know. I think there's a question mark there. I know you need two running backs in the NFL, so we'll see. If they turn and put their resources into Cook, I don't think Patriot fans should be bothered by that at all. As far as the Titans side of things, though, what do you think DeAndre Hopkins does do for this offense? Because immediately he is going to be wide receiver one. I think from a veteran present standpoint, probably a great thing for the young Traylon Burks coming off of his rookie season. Uh, Does this open things up a little bit more now for Derrick Henry, who we know this offense runs through? What's your overall just opinion on like, does this move the needle at all for you for Tennessee? You know, it gives them a receiver. The two leading receiver, Robert Woods and Austin Hooper, are no longer on the team last year. I I think the guy that probably breathed the biggest sigh of relief was Ryan Tannehill because now on third down, he's got somebody I can throw the ball to and I can count on to make a play for me. You know, he can do something to help us, right? So they lost 94 receptions between Woods and Hooper that are gone from the team. I don't think Burke's going to catch up. The depth chart's not there. They didn't draft anybody. They didn't address the need. They signed Chris Moore from Houston. Moore is a special team or fourth, fifth receiver than is a a one, two, and three receiver. So this was a move that Tennessee was competing against themselves, and Tannehill has to be ecstatic about it. Look, Mm -hmm. this offense is going to be predicated on Derrick Henry running the football, 
Derrick Henry running the football, play action pass, Derrick Henry running the football. <laughs> and Hopkins can survive in that. Now, we know he doesn't practice a lot. You know, we know he's not always in in terms of the ability to have he plays, but he's not always healthy. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that works out. But Tannehill has to feel a side of relief because when you break this team down, I mean, look, they struggle. They were 36% on third down last year. It was hard to convert for them. Yeah, and, and he's a receiver that, yes, I know he's older, 31 years old. You're wondering how much there really is left in the tank. But that he, because his hands are so good and the catch radius is what it is, he can make a quarterback right yeah. in a lot of instances. And I think that'll really benefit Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. We know Mike Rabel is their coach. We know the defense should be good. And so I think going out and adding a guy like DeAndre Hopkins maybe can be that little bit of the shot in the arm that, hey, let's actually try to be competitive here. I know that we have some people on the network that thought prior to signing Hopkins even that the Titans could be maybe the worst team in the NFL this year. I've never thought that far about it. But now, whereas before when I looked at the Titans' win total at 7.5, I thought, "Uh, I have no interest really buying in. Now I, I would consider it maybe versus my feelings previous to this. The Titans are uh, off the board in the division odds right now for the AFC South. We did see it at plus 350 prior with the Jags and odds on favorite to make the playoffs. The number sitting currently plus 220 at BetMGM to miss around minus 275, minus $3. And Hopkins, for him personally, his receiving yards total 850 and a half. He went over under each of the last two years, but didn't play more than 10 games in either of those two seasons. Um, had 717 receiving yards, nine games in 2021. And so this is interesting too, just looking, looking at his numbers. He played the nine games. He missed a little time at the back end of the season with the injury and then obviously the PED suspension to start the year. But among wide receivers, Michael, to play at least nine games, he was top 10 in targets, receptions, receiving yards per game, and even fantasy points. So I am of the belief, like I feel like the more that this soaks into me that he's going to be a Tennessee Titan, the more I start to like it and think that, yes, like you said, everything's going through Derrick Henry, but maybe a little bit of help there on the outside. Well, I mean, look, the, the Titans are who they are, right? I mean, they're, Mike Vrabel's their head coach. They're going to win with the run game, play action pass, protect the football, don't lose the game. And then they're going to show their defense is really good. I mean, with Jeffrey Simmons inside, with Harold Landry, they signed Arden Key from Jacksonville, who had a good year in Jacksonville last year, another edge rusher. You know, they, they've signed uh, Murphy Bunning from the Arizona Cardinals to help their secondary, which they need a lot of help. I mean, this is a team that the reason that John Robertson isn't the general manager anymore is because some of these draft picks don't even get to the field for him. So, but this defense, now let's make no mistake about it, this defense, if healthy, will yeah. be good. And they'll be hard to beat. I mean, they're 17-10 to 10 in that game against te- the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we think are going to run away with everything. I mean, we're ready to anoint them <laughs> the Super Bowl champions. And, you know, and they're, and they're in a close game. And if, if and Josh Allen sacks Joshua Dobbs or else, that's coming down to the wire. I mean, they're in games. And so I, I don't think you could just dismiss them. I don't think Jacksonville is as great as we think we are, they are. And I don't think Tennessee's as bad as people might think they are. I am in complete agreement with you there. These last couple of minutes, then speaking of the Jaguars, what did you think of Evan Ingram getting his deal done? Three years, 41 and a quarter million, 24 of that guaranteed. He had a real nice career resurgence last year in Jacksonville. Was big, I think, in the development of Trevor Lawrence becoming better and better at quarterback. What do you think of the deal that he signed? 
You know, we had Mia O'Brien on yesterday, and she was talking about how they thought in Jacksonville the steal was going to get done back in March, and it was close. And even Ingram tweeted out that he thought he was going to get that deal. He wanted a David Njoku deal that, that from the Cleveland Browns, and he got that. So I think it's good. Look, from a skill standpoint, right, this is a very talented, skilled team. When you have ATN in the backfield with these three receivers, and she mentioned yesterday how Calvin Ridley really looks good and how he kind of has become – like everything everybody thought he could be. And I thought that was a great trade by Jacksonville last at the trading deadline. So with Ridley, with Christian Kirk, with Zay, with Zay Jones, I mean, and now an ATN in the backfield with Ingram, I mean, this is a good team and that offensive line. Cam Robinson's uh, suspension hurts them. But if they overcome that earlier in the year, they should be good. The question mark for them is defensively. Mm-hmm. Can, they get, can they get pass rush? Can Travion Walker get some pass rush? And look, we all know this, no matter how bad – uh, how bad the Indy was or Jacksonville in the past. These games in the South, they may not be sexy, but they're always pretty good. Yeah, and you mentioned all of those weapons that Trevor Lawrence has at his disposal now on offense. I feel like Doug Peterson, and, and rightfully so, Doug Peterson has got a lot of credit for the the Trevor Lawrence sophomore season that he had. But, I mean, just the front office investing in a lot of those players. When when Urban Meyer was his head coach, the top pass catchers were Marvin Jones and LaVishka Chenault. Like, look at what he has around yeah. him now. It's very different. So, we're going to step aside. Yeah, no question. While Ingram has secured his proverbial bag, there are a few running back deals we're keeping an eye on this franchise tag deadline day. Don't miss it when we return on the Lombardi line. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. All you got to do is visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We're off and rolling here on the Lombardi line in about 15 minutes. Thomas Gable, director of the race and sportsbook at the Borgata is going to join the program. We'll also have Teron Davenport in hour two, who is the ESPN NFL Nation beat reporter for the Tennessee Titans. Continue to break down all things DeAndre Hopkins and his new home. We'll do the same thing with Mike Pritchard, VEASAN's own former NFL wide receiver, spent a decade in the league, won a national championship in college football as well. All things wide receiver talk throughout the program. Alongside Michael Lombardi, I'm Stormy Tony. It's franchise tag deadline day, the deadline approaching at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 Pacific today. And there are a few running back deals, Michael, we're keeping an eye on here. I think an enormous amount of pressure right now on the Giants and the Raiders to get their respective deal done. Not so much with the Cowboys, considering Tony Pollard actually signed his franchise tag deal but with Saquon Barkley and Josh, jo- Je- Josh Jacobs having not signed their tenders, where do you sit on 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 how things might play out here? And do we see deals get done over the next handful of hours? You know, I, I think I'm in the uh, uh, the minority here. I, I think there's certain running backs you have to pay. And Josh Jacobs, 340 carries, 2,000 total yards between passing and, and running. You know, that's a weapon. Mm-hmm. And and his ability to impact the passing game is really vital to the Raider offense. So Hunter Renfro is making fifteen million a year in the slot. Who would you rather have, Josh Jacobs or Hunter Renfro? Yeah. Austin Eckler said that on on Rich Eisen's show a couple days ago about how he has a hard time understanding how you know he's making X when the third receiver's making X squared. I agree. I agree. On Barkley's situation. He doesn't impact the passing game. He averages under six yards a catch. Not great in protection. Doesn't, you know, now he's a good runner. He's a really good runner. Is he as good a runner as Josh Jacobs? No. There's no way. Josh Jacobs is better than Saquon Barkley. Barkley's got the media behind him. Barkley has a lot, you know, the second pick overall in the draft. But Josh Jacobs is the better player. Tony Pollard is the more complete player. He can do so much in the passing game. And Josina Anderson, the former ESPN reporter, I don't know where she's reporting CBS now Sports other than HQ Twitter now. Universe. Yeah, she's on She's on the digital Thank you, Stormy. HQ. There you, there you go. Well, what a great alley-oop right there. Awesome work. Uh, she thought that the, the Pollard is engaging in conversations. Look, the Cowboys need him. Mm-hmm. They need him. He's a playmaker. I think the the thing when it comes to Saquon is just the way that that Giants offense is built around him, right? Like similar to what we talked about with the Tennessee Titans and how Derrick Henry yeah. is the cornerstone. It's the same thing here with Saquon Barkley where he's the centerpiece of that offense. And I'm sure there's a lot of frustration with him, not only with what you talked about with the third wide receiver making more than a lot of these backs and just the, de- the, the I don't want to call it devaluation of the running back, but that's the term that we keep hearing when it comes to these contracts right now in the position. But the fact that Daniel Jones gets the deal that he gets, obviously, yeah. when he's a mediocre quarterback at best and the star of your offense isn't getting a deal done. 
I mean, I said it this winter, and I got, I mean, there were more people upset with me. My dear friend Carl Banks, he was mad at me. You know, like, oh, I said, look, you can't pay Jones like he's the top player. Guy averaged under seven yards per reset per throw. I mean, you know, you just hit the nail on that. Their offense is, is can't extend itself because Jones isn't mm-hmm. good enough to extend itself, yet they pay Jones like he is. And they did that because they want to be able to justify picking Jones sixth overall. Look, the Giants want to pay Barkley. They want to pay him. Look, nobody wants to pay their their draft picks more than the Giants. That kind of endears themselves to being right. But now Barkley wants to make more. He wants to make in that Christian McCaffrey range because he knows, look, I you need me if you want Daniel Jones to make it. And Daniel Jones is sitting there making 40, 40 million a year, whatever he's making. So this is the web that they've weaved based on their over-evaluation of – let me ask you this, Stormy. If Daniel Jones was a free agent on the market last year, who would have signed him other than the Giants? Who would have had the best offer on the table? Well, that's I feel like that's honestly a conversation topic that we had at the end of last season when everything was going on with the contract of like, what's the market for Daniel Jones? Who's going out there and getting him? Nobody. So you're not... You forced your own hand here in having to pay him what you've done, and now you made your right. bed and you have to lay in it. Right. Okay. So here's let's play it through. If you put Daniel Jones out there in the market, and you say okay, and he comes back with you with a deal at forty million because somebody else was going to give it to him and he didn't want to leave. Okay, we'll match that deal. We'll pay you. Mm-hmm. Then you can go to Barkley and say, look, we matched this deal. Right. This is what he was it's the worth. Same thing with Barkley. Yeah. Who's paying Barkley fifteen million a year? But when you give Daniel Jones the money. When you just give it to him mm-hmm. without really saying anything, then all of a sudden Barkley has every reason to be upset. Why don't you give me the money? I'm the offense. He's not. See the problem here? And this whole notion that Barkley's going to hold out, miss week one. Oh, my God, I'm scared to death about that. Stormy, I won't sleep for the next six weeks. He could miss game one. He's not missing game one. Who cares if he comes to training camp? How much is I that game say check? 550000 <laughs> It's the best thing that could happen to the Giants. You get the money back if he misses the game. They get a credit on their cap. It's the best thing ever. And then the fact that he's going to miss camp, that's going to worry me. Well, he's not playing in any of the three preseason games. We're not scrimmaging. He's not live to be tackled, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the last thing I want is him to get hurt on a training camp drill become some fat offensive lineman fell on his butt and he fell over him. Like, that's the last thing I want. So stay away. You could stay over there. I don't care. But you're coming to camp the Wednesday we're getting ready to play the opening game. I could tell you that. Yeah, and things you would hope would get figured out. The latest report I've seen, at least from ESPN's NFL Nation reporter Jordan Rannon or Brennan, forgive me if I pronounce that incorrectly, said neither side seems overly optimistic at this point. A deal gets done today for Saquon Barkley and the Giants by the deadline. Um, lots of work to be done in order to get that to the finish line. And then as for Josh Jacobs, we saw the report from local Fox 5 reporter Paloma Villacana this weekend that if Josh Jacobs doesn't get a deal done with the Raiders, that he'll plan to sit out training camp too. But to your point, just lessons injury, right? Just hope that it's a positive thing for now and we'll get something accomplished. I mean, you can't overreact to it, right? There was a time when people missed camp. You were, it was concerning, especially yeah. rookies. But a rookie, like if B. John Robinson, I know he signed. But if he were to miss camp, you know, that's going to be a little bit of an issue. we got to worry about protections. What are we doing? Okay. But Barkley, you know, he's been in the offense. It's the same offense over again. I'd rather know he's going to be healthy. And, and if he misses week one, I mean, it isn't like Barkley's Mr. Durable that he plays every week. I mean, give me a break. I do have one question when it comes to the dollars and cents of it all. 
and the restructuring of Joe Mixon's deal specifically with the Bengals because he was making a number that a guy like Saquon Barkley, for example, is trying to get over. He takes a significant pay cut to stay with the team so that he can continue his championship aspirations, open up a little bit more for Joe Burrow, whose extension obviously needs to get done. He wanted to stay in Cincinnati, all of these things. But does that ha- is that a Bengals-specific situation here, or is does that impact in any way what's going on with some of these other running backs that are trying to reach a certain number and set the tone for running backs of the future and their value? Well, again, it's all supply and demand, right? I mean, Mixon did not have a good season last year. Maybe it was because of injuries, and it could be. But Mixon has the ability to be a three-down player. He can play in any personnel group. He can be your short yardage back. He can be your nickel back. Last year, that was Sammy Perrine running the nickelback. Mm-hmm. But Mixon didn't play to the level they need him to play to. And I think he was smart to take a, a pay cut because if he were on the market with Dalvin Cook out there, supply's too high. You're not going to get what you want. And so I think he did the smart thing. And it was smart for Cincinnati to not let him go because they need him. I mean, Trayvon Williams is their backup runner. Do you think you're going to go in the season with him? I mean, there was some leverage that Mixon had. Now, maybe they would have brought Kareem Hunt in. Maybe they would have signed Dalvin Cook. I don't know. But to me, they both they both needed each other in this situation. Yeah, I mean, to your point, he did have the dip in production. And I know he's got some off-field stuff going on as well with the road rage issue that happened. He's going to be at trial this next month dealing with that. So maybe it's not necessarily comparing apples and apples with these two, um, the current running backs in their franchise situation and Joe Mixon. But yeah, I too thought that that was a positive thing for the Bengals to get that done and for Mixon not to have to deal with maybe getting released like we saw with Zeke and Dalvin Cook and then having to hit the open market. Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes it's smart. You know, it's one thing to have false bravado and be act all tough, but it's another thing to be in the right place at the right time. And for Mixon, you know, without a lot of depth at their running back position, without Perrine there the shit to become the nickelback, he can play on all the downs. And he might hit all those incentives. Yep. Uh, The Cincinnati Bengals, of course, the favorite in their division, one of the contenders to win a Super Bowl. And Joe Mixon was there when they played that first one two seasons ago. We got to take a quick break here. Step aside. When we return, we will be joined by Thomas Gable, director of the race and sportsbook at the Borgata out there in Atlantic City. We'll get into some NFL week one talk with him. The Open Championship coming up this weekend. Rory won over this week in Scotland. Can he do it again with the British? That is to be determined. I know he wants to end that nine-year drought, but the history hasn't fared particularly well, people winning last weekend and following it up at the Open Championship. A lot more to cover here on the Lombardi Line. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN. Sports Betting Network. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We're rocking and rolling on a Monday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Former NFL executive Michael Lombardi out on the East Coast at his office in Jersey. I'm Stormy Bonantoni live from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas in about 15 minutes. We will talk Titans with Teron Davenport, ESPN NFL Nation. Reporter covers the team closely. Get the latest on all things D-Hop. Finding his new home in Nashville. We'll also hear from our wide receiver one here at VEASAN, Mike Pritchard, a little bit later in the hour as well. But we're going to start things off with some NFL headlines. It's franchise tag deadline day, which means some news up in the air as it pertains to two stud running backs in the league. It's time for Step Into My Office. 
appointments are lined up. You waiting for somebody in there? Got an appointment. And it's not about what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. It's not personal. It's strictly business. It's time you and me had a private talk when you step into my office. It's step into my office with Michael Lombardi. Mr. Lombardi, we'll see you now. Mr. Lombardi will indeed see you now. We begin with Raiders running back Josh Jacobs. Michael, who a few days ago, told local reporter Paloma Villacana that if he does not get a deal done by the 4 p.m. Eastern deadline today, he will sit out at training camp if the stalemate continues and no deal is done. Is that the right play for Jacobs, who's coming off a career year and led the NFL in rushing yards? Michael Lombardi will see you now, Josh Jacobs. Well, Josh, look, you've come a long way in a year, right? This time last year, they didn't pick up your fifth option, fifth-year option. You actually played in the Hall of Fame game, which is kind of a little bit insulting, just a little bit, that you had to play in that game to show what you could do. And then you had the most magnificent season of all running backs. 16, 340 carries, really contributed in the passing game, did some unique things. And, you know, if you can't get a deal done, I could not argue with you not going to camp or not signing your tender. We know this about the franchise tag. There's no negotiation after 4 o'clock today. So you're not going to turn down the $10.1 million. So make sure that you sign your contract when you can get to camp, when you're not going to play in the preseason games, because there's no way they're going to play you in the preseason game. The most important thing for you isn't that they haven't given you the contract. It's being able for you to have another great year so that you can continue your earning power and you can continue to have this incredible ability to make this kind of money. Yeah, and I would stop worrying about helping other people and just worry about helping Josh Jacobs because there was a reason they didn't pick up your tag, right? There was a reason to get the fifth year. There was some uncertainty off the field, injury history. Once you put that all away, you're going to make a lot of money, and it's all going to come down to this next season. Yep, had a league-best 1,653 rushing yards in 2022, a career-high 12 touchdowns. His rushing yards total this year, 1,049.5, even money to the over. Touchdown sitting at 8.5, but behind Jacobs on the Raiders' current depth chart, Zamir White, Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden, who all last year combined the three of them for 156 yards and no touchdowns. So without Josh Jacobs, life would be hard for their new quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, and the Raiders get the deal done before the season starts, and hopefully you don't have to hold out for too long. A running back even more critical to the success of his offense in 2023, Saquon Barkley, is next on your schedule here, Michael. He, too, complete disinterest in signing the franchise tag right now, according to a recent report from Diana Rossini. His availability for week one will be in serious question if he doesn't get the long-term deal done. If Saquon is sitting in your office today, what's the advice that you give him? I think, Saquon, you've got to really understand this. You turn down this deal they're offering you. Can you stay healthy? And how much more money would you make in the open market if you didn't take this deal? I think you have to look at the alternative. I think you have to look at second-order thinking. If I take this deal, it may not be perfect today, but I'm guaranteed a lot of money in the future. But if I turn this down and I happen to have durability issues, which I've had in the past, that could jeopardize your future earning power. And playing the running back position, we know it can really create problems. And if they're offering you a contract that's as close to, which I understand it is, or above Nick Chubb, I would urge you to take that deal because you have not played to the level that Chubb has played. You've got a great media perception behind you, and you're a good player, there's no doubt. You're not as good as Josh Jacobs, but you're a good player. However, 
You also have an injury history to you. You missed an entire season one year. You can't pass down a golden egg. You got to take it because, yes, it looks like the alternative could be better, but I don't think it's going to be. I think you put yourself at too much risk. All reports right now that both sides are not optimistic that they'll be able to get a deal done by the deadline today. We'll see how things shake out because Saquon Barkley is such a critical piece of the Giants' offense and potential success. But I did love the conversation that you and Femi had, I believe it was yesterday, with Pat Leonard talking about how tough the Giants' schedule is this year compared to last year and that even with Saquon, it's going to be really, really hard to compete and to compete for a potential playoff spot this year. So good food for thought. Let's don't move. tell Giants fans that, Stormy. Sh- I don't, don't want tell them coming Gi- for me Giant on Twitter fans, like they don't come tell for you. Them that. you know what? They're <laughs> mad at me. You need to stay out of this fight. Let them have their anger towards me. You stay out of this fight. I'm going to step aside. I like to be liked. What can I say? Having a, a nice, fun time with Step Into My Office here on the Lombardi Line, Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Next into the office of our guy, Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee Titans head coach. They obviously signed over the last 24 hours, or like expected to sign, excuse me. Not pen to paper just yet, but DeAndre Hopkins looks like he's coming to the Music City. Tennessee finished last season on a seven-game losing streak which cost their former GM his job in steps, Rand Carthen. This is his big first signing. How can Mike Vrabel lead the Titans to contend for the AFC South this season, knowing all the love is going to the Jags? Well, I think Mike Vrabel knows more than anything I could tell him that just be Mike Vrabel. I mean, your ability to coach, your ability to strategize game week in after week out has proven to be effective. And you've not always had the best team, but you've had the best game strategy of anybody. And I would continue to do that. You're built. You know who you are. One of the things that is the challenge when you deal with the NFL is understanding who you are. Everybody wants to be a little bit of something. They want to be able to do this and do that and do this and do that. When in reality, you know exactly who you are. You're going to run the football. You're going to run play action. And you know Ryan Tannehill is going to be your starting quarterback. You know he's the best chance you have to get to 9, 10 wins and win the South. And I wouldn't put it past you. Your defense is good enough. Your defense has improved from last year. Will you miss David Long? Yeah, I think you will. But I think the other pieces around this team can really be effective. And the way you manage the game, and with Hopkins here to help you convert third downs, Hopkins averages 60 first downs per year in his career. You're going to need those 60 first downs, and it'll hopefully allow Burks to grow and develop as he moves forward. So I, I don't. I think the best thing you have going for you, Mike Vrabel, is the noise out there not counting you out because I would never count you out. Speaking of noise, the New York Jets feel like there's going to be a lot of noise around them now that Hard Knocks is coming to town this preseason. You got Robert Sala, head coach of the Jets, stepping into your office today. His quarterback recently told reporters the NFL forced Hard Knocks down their throats. It's not something they want to do. How can Sala make the most of the spotlight this preseason on HBO's Hard Knocks? You know, I I think instead of fighting it, I think you need to join it. You know, Run to the Roar is a book. And run to the roar would be the best thing Robert Sala could do. Is you take all the you take all the heat. You become the focal point of it, not in a in a glamorous way, but you basically get everything go through you, and you demonstrate to the Jet fandom, all these people that want to peek inside of your facility there in Florham Park. 
you can take them inside and show them what kind of head coach you are. Show them how you're going to coach the offense, coach the defense, coach the kicking game, how you're going to get your offensive line, which has a new offensive line coach, to play at a higher level, how you're going to help Nathaniel Hackett grow and develop, and how you're going to plan the first half of the season because we know this, the schedule is very difficult. And what are you going to do to change defensively? We had Brian Costello on yesterday, and he, like me, doesn't believe your defense is as elite as everybody suspects because they haven't played against a lot of great quarterbacks. I mean, Robert, do you realize in the last eight games of the season you only forced two turnovers the entire year? The entire eight games of the season you only forced two turnovers with this elite defense. I think if you show people that you know what's going on and you're going to handle it and you're just not a rah-rah guy, you can endear yourself to the fan base instead of having hard knocks become a hindrance to you. I love that. And these teams are all used to cameras in the facility. Plus, if you are in New York, period, you're used to the spotlight, be able to handle it. Last one here, Austin Eckler, running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. Earlier this offseason, he agreed to $1.7 million in incentives to his six and a quarter million salary this year. And on the Rich Eisen Show, expressed concern for other running backs and what's happening in the market. Take a listen. Let's see what the real value add to a team is. You know, if I'm if I'm looking at some of the backup receivers out here that are still making more than me, and that's that's going to piss me off, right? I'm I'm a little bit I'm like, okay, wait a minute. So you're telling me these people or the or the number three receiver is going to make more than me, and I'm the starter. I get more carries. I touch the ball more. I have more of an impact. Um, it it causes us to question, right? We're going to fight for that. We're going to fight for hey, I'm bringing more value to the team than this person. I think I should be compensated for that. Talk them off a ledge. Agree or disagree? Running backs that have an impact in the pass game deserve to be compensated more. Uh, He's still in my line. I'm (laughs) with you. I'm a spokesman for the cause. I believe you. I agree with you. I agree completely with you. It's an injustice that Keenan Allen's making twenty million a year and you're only making six. I drive to the stadium. I'm worried about you. I'm not worried about Keenan Allen. I agree with you. I don't know what to do. I think you got to get some of these analytical people out of the game. I love that, though. Keenan Allen's making $20 million and I'm making six. That doesn't seem fair. To your point about Josh Jacobs and yeah. Hunter Renfro making $15 million and Josh Jacobs is fighting for a contract. What are we doing here? OBJ, God knows how much money that man's making, and Saquon's here trying to get a deal when an offense has worked around him. It can't end. Awesome edition yeah. of Step Into My Office. Michael, you crushed it with the advice. Sometimes it's not what you want to hear. It's what you need to hear, and Michael Lombardi is going to dish it out as he sees fit. We are taking a quick break when we return back to the DeAndre Hopkins conversation and the Tennessee Titans with NFL Nation reporter for ESPN, Teron Davenport. Stick around. So much more to come on Hour 2 of the Lombardi Line. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.